The epistle reading is from James, the third and fourth chapters. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly, to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says, he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples went on from there and passed through Galilee. And Jesus did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask him. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve, and he said to them, If anyone would be first, he must, must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. James tells us, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Why does James have to say such a thing? Except that sometimes Christians find themselves feeling distant from God. Maybe you have felt that way at different times in your life. It may be a spiritual problem, some old sin that keeps coming back through the devil's accusations. You may be facing financial problems, disagreements, emotional problems, sickness, loss. In our lesson today from James 3 and 4 and from other parts of that short but very beautiful little book, we're going to see how James teaches us about three enemies of faith. These enemies are always working to draw us away from the Lord. That's one of the reasons why we sometimes feel that way. But God also gives us blessings. 
Three blessings especially that he uses to draw us to him. And therefore, what he commands in the Bible, he always gives. And when he says that we should draw near to God, he only says that because he is the one drawing us himself. Let me begin by asking this question and answering it. It's, it's something that we sort of just uh, take for granted a lot, but uh, you stop and think about it. It's an amazing thing. What is faith? Faith is an amazing, incredible thing the more you think about it. It is one of the most, well, I'd say it is the greatest thing that we as human beings do. We have been given by God abilities to write. We can write letters. We can write books. Abilities to compute mathematical problems, to compose music or to paint pictures. These are amazing things in and of themselves and part of the reason why we are so different from the animals that God created and why he says we have the image of God. But the most important thing we do is this thing we call faith. It exceeds all those other things that I've just mentioned because those things, as beautiful as they are, are bound to the universe. But faith exceeds the universe, connects us to God. Faith is special because it comes from God himself. The other things are human works, part of the way God made us. But faith is a divine work that God is working in us. As Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Jesus marveled when he saw the work of faith in someone's heart, like the centurion who uh, said to Jesus, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus marveled at that faith of that centurion because what he was seeing there was a divine work of God. Faith is especially important, again, compared to all those other things we do in life, because faith makes us a child of God. It gives forgiveness and makes us holy. Peter said it this way, Once we were not a people, but now we are the people of God. Once we had not obtained mercy, but now we have obtained mercy. Faith lifts us from a sinful and dying world to connect us to God and to the eternal life that he has promised. Well, as good and great as faith is, as James tells us, there are enemies working against that gift. We read about this all over in the Bible. Most of the people that we read of in the Bible had at some time in their life some faith struggle. Abraham struggled with the promise God gave him of a son, even though he and Sarah were uh, advanced in age. Gideon struggled about whether God would deliver Israel from the Midianites. David cried out, I, I cry out to you during the day, but you do not hear. In last Sunday's gospel lesson, we heard of this man whose son was possessed by a, an evil spirit. And, and, and in all of his distress, he said to Jesus, I believe, help my unbelief. Well, the reason he needed to make that prayer, and we need to make that prayer from time to time, are be because of these enemies. Well, what are they? James mentions them. One is the world. James says that friendship with the world is enmity or hatred with God. To be a friend, to seek friendship with the world, 
he says so sharply, is to be an enemy of God. Well, why is this? Because the world, by its own nature, hates God. In Romans 8, Paul describes the carnal or fleshly mind and says that it is hostile to God because it will not submit to God. It refuses to admit that we are sinners and that we need to be saved. Two men were sitting on an airplane, and one leaned over to the other and said, what do you do for a living? He said, well, I'm a Christian pastor, and my job is to help people be reconciled to God. The first man immediately got up, went to the stewardess, and asked if he could sit in a different place. The fact is, many people don't want to be reconciled to God. They don't want to hear this, this message of the law and the gospel. This is why there is so much of what I call the rage of unbelief in the world today around us. So James mentions the problems of the world. He also mentions the devil. Chapter 4, verse 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The devil, of course, is the beginning of all of this problem. He is the beginning of pride and rebellion. The one who went away from the Lord and now also wants to draw anyone else that he can along with him. In chapter 3, James talks about this demonic wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart... Do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. There is an enemy of faith there, the devil. And thirdly, which is not mentioned in our lesson, but is an, well, is mentioned in the lesson, but also uh, at the very beginning of James's book, is the problem of our sinful desires. Those other two, the world and the devil, they are outside of us. This one is very close. This is inside each of us. James says that each of us are tempted when we are drawn away by our own desires and enticed. And then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it brings forth death. And so we are always challenged with this tension and this temptation to seek our own pleasure rather than the pleasure of God. And in everything we do in this life, even though in and of itself these things are good, they become bad when they are tainted with this sinful desire problem. Our desire for food, for drink, friendship, possessions, sex, love, happiness. All of these things need to be guided by this wisdom of God rather than the demonic wisdom which always brings it back to selfishness. And when we seek a freedom without the wisdom of restraint, we are like the bird that wants to escape from the birdcage only to end up in the mouth of the cat. It's important for us to recognize these enemies of faith. As I said, they do not sleep working day and night against this gift of faith that God has given to us. But as James mentions these enemies, he also mentions these great blessings that God provides. And these blessings are stronger than the enemies. Wisdom, in the Greek word Sophia, a beautiful word that we love. We sometimes name our daughters with that word. 
But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wisdom is defined for us in Proverbs. Many have said there's a similarity between the book of James and the book of Proverbs. Uh, This weekend or this week maybe is a good opportunity for you to read through the whole book of James. And while you're at it, you wouldn't do so bad to also go back and just read again through that book of Proverbs. There in Proverbs chapter 9, Solomon says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And wisdom is really asking this question, Who do you take orders from? Wisdom says we take them from God that the Ten Commandments are the orders of the day every day. And this is something I've seen in my life personally, and I firmly believe in it. I'm sure many of you would acknowledge it as well. I have never met a person yet, a single person, who is sad, who is discouraged, who messed up their life by trying to follow the Ten Commandments. To flip that around, though, I have seen so many. I myself have been there regretting the fact that I did not follow God's wisdom. I did not follow His commands. And that is what creates so much disappointment and distance from God. Another blessing he mentions is grace. Chapter 4, verse 6. After sternly warning them about friendship with the world and the danger of that, James says, He gives more grace. Grace is God's undeserved kindness. Grace is God's mercy, His forgiveness. Grace is Christ, the cross, and the resurrection. Business world has recognized the importance of grace. I don't know if you've noticed over the last five or ten years or so how much emphasis is placed on just being gracious to the customer. Yes, absolutely, certainly, we will take care of that. And, you know, that works to a point. And the point that it doesn't work is that sometimes you need harsh words. And people complain about God being judgmental, and I won't disagree. God is judgmental. In fact, He is the most judgmental being in the entire universe. But here's the secret of the gospel, the secret of the New Testament, and that is He gives more grace. In chapter 3, verse 13, James says, Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yes, God is a judging God. He is a God of wisdom who gives commands and orders. But He is also a gracious God whose grace is stronger, who gives more grace. When I find myself struggling with my failures, I I say this to myself, and I think it's a good thing for you to remember and say to yourselves as well, my grace, that is God's grace, My grace is stronger than my sin. And that's the truth. And that's the great blessing that God is always giving to us. No matter how much these enemies of faith make headway with us, God's blessings of wisdom and grace are there to bring us back, to draw us back to the Lord again. Third one is prayer. Now, it's not mentioned in our lesson, but it is one that comes along in the next chapter. And there's a very uh, popular Bible verse. Many people have memorized this. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Well, James has already taught us to pray. 
Pray for wisdom, he said. He's taught us to receive God's grace. But here he's adding something to it. Not only did we pray for wisdom and grace and things like that, lofty and noble and important as those things are, we also pray to God for everything else. This is our prayer for daily bread, as Jesus teaches us in the Lord's Prayer. And that fervent, effective prayer is strong. And again, stronger than all the things that sin takes away and destroys, God in His grace answering our prayers returns and gives back. It avails much. That word avails is also the Greek word that gives us the English word energy. And sometimes in this battle against the enemies of faith, we get tired. We think the wind is too strong against us. The path is too steep for us. That's when we just need to stop focusing so much on our working and kneel and ask God to help us, to focus on His work in us. I want to conclude with James' last two verses of James 5. My brothers... If anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. It's no special news to any of us that today many Christians are being drawn away from God. I suppose it may seem as though more are being drawn away at this moment in time, that are being drawn to the Lord. That may be, I don't know for sure. But the reality here is that James is teaching us in a way to encourage us, not to worry, not certainly to give up. The enemies of faith are strong, the world, the devil, and our own sinful desires. But the blessings are stronger. He gives more grace. His wisdom, His grace his privilege and gift of prayer that he gives to us are stronger and they will carry the day. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Amen. Please rise.